Hello, I'm Martin Mercer. And I'm James Mastriani. You've never heard of us. We're two Brits who grew up in North London and have had varying success in the film and television industry. In our ever-advancing age, we find ourselves on... The The Wrong Wrong Side side of of Hollywood. In our series of podcasts, we'll share our experiences of what it's like being a British bloke living and working... Or not. ...in the biz. We'll discuss everything from fish and chips to things that wind us up. So stay with us. It's all uphill from here. This podcast may contain strong language. If you're of a sensitive nature or easily offended, we invite you to, as they say in Blighty, jog on. Martin, my mate Martin, who I grew up with in our neighbourhood in North London and went to school together, uh, both schools. Yes, um, Southgate School, as it's pronounced. And um, we first met in um, primary school, kindergarten. Elementary. Uh, elementary, my dear Watson. Mm. And basically through our shared interests, we started making films, Super 8 films. And at school, as you do, you, you become characterised. Mm. And James became characterised from myself, not anybody else. But that's all that matters, my opinion, in our friendship. But the thing is, is that this this has all in, sort of brought us together. Yeah. This journey, why are we here? Right. This grey overcast morning in Los Angeles. And we literally live 20 feet apart. Yeah. And we're here because we're basically on the underbelly, the wrong side of Hollywood. We've had our little tastes of glory. Yep. You uh, crawled and clawed your way up very quickly, well, I have to say, yeah. to be an executive at Fox Kids, Kids yep. if anybody remembers those. And uh, I've done things, I, I was Kevin Spacey's makeup artist on Swimming with the Sharks. Mm. I've worked on things such as uh, Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. So we've all had our little yeah. sniffs at the underpants of glory. Uh, and yet, we find ourselves yeah, here. In the wrong side of Hollywood, North, North Hollywood. Hollywood. And, and I think the idea was born out of our calling each other Hoff and Prof. Right. And, and James is called Hoff because back in the 80s, there was a, an advert for Hoffmeister beer and hmm. they featured this bear. And there's a guy in a costume and basically when you looked at it, it was James. He had the same profile, <laughs> a bearish profile. He had a tiny little hat on his head. He had that kind of triangle of shoulders. I did not wear a hat at school. No, I know you did Oh, you're talking about the bear? Yeah, I'm talking oh, okay. about the bear. <laughs> and, but, but, so I started calling you Hoffy. Yeah. And then one of my experiences was being an actor, a child actor. That's right. I became a child equity member and I was in this fantastic show that no doubt everybody's heard of it called was brilliant. Mob. brilliant show yes absolutely dreadful but nonetheless what was the title again it's called Murphy's Mob and what was your name Prof mm. so that led on to us talking about Hoff and Prof yeah and so to share our experience from the underbelly, the trenches, as I call it, of working in Hollywood <laughs> yeah. and uh, the various experiences, which I think, you know, because basically when you listen to podcasts about Hollywood, it's, it's mainly people have had absolutely fantastic success at the top of their game. They're directing their first movie, written their first screenplay, so on and so forth. And we've kind of scratched at that and been near it. Yeah. I personally think it's fascinating. I think people are interested in people who are not from here. You know, we've come from another country. And although we share many similar bonds, yeah. and we certainly had a great love of America. Certainly, I remember you 
come here many times. Your family was involved in America. Your dad was American. Yeah. He met your mum, who was Welsh, and yeah. he moved back to Britain. And I think I always saw that love of America from you. Yeah. And me, I had my nan who went to Chicago. She had friends there. And so she, as a widow, she decided to do some traveling and she'd come back with bazooka bubblegum and star wars comics and that that was just amazing so we've always had that desire to Mm. be here and now we're here yeah (laughs) (laughs) no i mean i'm grateful i mean you know got my family here now and we have good Um, friends we have good friends a few but but it is you know what were mistakes made how could one change things? What did you learn by your mistakes? Well, I was just and wondering I if, if, you know, I, I always said that, you know, the Fox Kids thing happened about 20 years ago. Mm. And I always felt like, oh, I peaked when I was 27 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, crying. He peaked with no Oscar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, but what's funny about this whole thing is that you talk to people and they're like, I remember Fox Kids and that show was brilliant. Oh, and you were involved with that show? And you're right. like, yeah, I was. But then... At the time, and it goes poof. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, everybody's interested in it now, and yeah. it's funny the amount of people I've run into, like at LAX, like the TSA guy who I'm wearing a Fox Kids T-shirt of some nature, and he's like, I used to watch that network. I said, Yeah, I worked for that network, and he was like, Oh, no kidding, I grew up with that show, and then I'm like, Well, now I feel really old because this guy looks like he's right, you know, and then he was like, Bend over, yeah, <laughs> so I've snapped on, yeah. No, and I think the difference between American and British humour, and I always, you know, it's always interesting the sort of the buttressing of that, and even with our partners, because you are married to a, how would you say, what would you say? I mean, my wife is Chinese-American. She came here from Vietnam as a boat person, which is an amazing story. So straight away, not only was I a stranger in America as a British lad, Mm. and then to be put into an environment when I was the only guaylo, round eye, (laughs) white devil... White devil. Yeah. Yeah. And no, so my, uh, I, I've been married before. I'm married to a wonderful lady <laughs> right now. And she's fantastic and the love of my life. But, and that's not to say that my ex wasn't a wonderful person. Oh either. my God. But James. we, you know, when well, you brought up, so. I didn't bring that up. But no, so it's, it's, I'm just saying it's, uh, oh you know, God, it just mate. didn't, it didn't work out. And, um, I know, but what we're not talking about your current wife, dear I'll fellow. Oh, cut that! What are we talking about? <laughs> it's not, you're just stuttering off down into. We could talk about that. Why didn't it work, James? Come <laughs> no. on, let's get down to it. We were too what similar. Happened? That's what it was. We were too similar. And is your present wife listening? Yes. <laughs> but nonetheless, your present wife is of American Latina, American descent. Latin descent. So, and you hate Mexican food. I don't you hate Mexican food. I just like it. I don't like the stuff in the stores. I like <laughs> right. the, I like homemade Mexican right. food. I right. don't and like. Do you get any of that? Occasionally, well, <laughs> my my sister-in-law makes it, and she's she's fantastic. So right. I, don't, I don't complain. I just don't right. like going out to Mexican food because right. it, it all tastes very lardy. Well, I, don't funny, like, I don't like lard. You don't like lard and you're English. Now the thing is, and that's what, <laughs> and that's what an American would say, but the thing, thinking we all love lard, we love cream. But talking of Latin cooking, do you remember? I remember when I was back in Britain and I used to work at a company called Image Animation. We did makeup effects yeah. for uh, Nightbreed, mm-hmm. Hellraiser and all that stuff. And Never heard of it. We would, indeed, <laughs> we would go out 
for an Xmas party. Right. And one of the places was called Chiquitos. Yeah. You remember Chiquitos? I do remember Chiquitos. It's this dreadful yeah. English version of Mexican cooking. Yeah. Now, if you go back to Britain now, you get Chipotle. Yeah. But in Britain, my sister calls it Chipotle. Chipotle, yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and she was like, oh, have you been to Chipotle? I was like, Chipotle, Chipotle. What the heck? And then I saw it. It was like, oh, Chipotle. Yeah, yeah. Chipotle. Chipotle, dear. Um, but that juxtaposition of the dreadful... English version of Mexican cooking. Well, yeah, um, I mean, you know, there was a place in the West End called Break for the Border <laughs> that was a bar slash Mexican yeah. restaurant, and musician friends used to play there. And that food, again, I still wasn't impressed. No, no. Um, and that was probably the most authentic Mexican right. food. I think it was an American company, right. anyway. But now, but, in uh, in our hometown, even in Barnet, you. Uh, there's a, there's a burrito place and it yeah. just makes me laugh when I walk past it and I suppose it's kind of that oh you know I've I've actually had real Mexican food now yeah. I, I did work in Mexico yeah. and okay Puerto Vallarta but there but nonetheless you it was real Mexican food there yeah. and you know the difference is obviously quite I suppose it's like when Americans attempt fish and chips well yeah, yeah. well that's a whole nother Oprah isn't it yeah um, you know. yeah but I told you that there was a great Yes. Restaurant on Woodman. Woodman, you're right. Now I can hear you now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and although it's um it's not a, a British fish and chip shop yeah. by any standards, uh, it's more of a Mediterranean food. But it's the best mm. chips I've ever had in this country. And the whole fry thing, I never get. I mean, it's chips, and then crisps is chips. And I think if you want to stay English, if you are British and you're living in America, you want to stay English. Chips are chips. Crisps are crisps, and that's it. As soon as you start saying, take the trash out, you know... Yeah, but you it. have to you're, assimilate. You're no, you no, do. No, no, you, you have to assimilate know. at some point because people don't know what you're talking about. It's well, like but you last... have to educate you. You have to bring them into your, our way. Sure, but sometimes it's harder to do that. Mm. It's just easier to go along, go with the flow. No, I was at a gathering last night. An and artist gathering. An artist gathering. Yeah. It was very nice. And this person came up, we were talking, and he said, um, I'm really good with accents, so what part of Australia are you from? <laughs> Is he joking? No, he, he said that. And, it was, God, so and I said, actually, I'm from London, England. No. And he said, oh, I, I, he goes, I guess you've been here a while then because your mm. accent's kind of... You sound a bit like this, mate. Well, not quite. But anyway, so I, I, I corrected him. And, but I said, you're right. I've been here for 28 years. It's a long time, isn't yeah. it? And you know, and through those twenty-eight years, you've had your ups and downs. But well, and you're in your down period now. Well, I mean, hopefully on a on an upswing a right. little bit. I was producing anime and stuff like that, and then my mum's health went downhill and went to take care of that, right. and got out of the business basically for about five years, and then the pandemic hit, and then of course by the time we got back to England, a lot of my friends had either moved on to different careers and left the film industry entirely and so it's like okay well, I have no connections anymore I have mm. a few still obviously mm. but um, you know and I do some production work every now and then but, but the re- yeah but I mean it, it's, it's fascinating to see that that journey from and then I think if I remember correctly with the Fox Kids things you know they not your fault nobody's fault they, clo- they, well, sold, they sold it they sold, they sold it to Disney and then it was like, well, you can either go to Disney yeah. or you can take a lump sum. No, actually, it wasn't what even was that. It? it was you can go to Disney or you can. We still need to finish off our season with with Fox. Mm. We have an obligation for another year. Mm. And most of our department from Fox Kids came from Disney. Right. 
And so everybody's like, no, don't go to Disney, don't go to Disney. And you listened. And I listened. And also my boss said, I need a, a select few people to, to go over and would you come and join us at Big Fox, as we used to call it. Mm. And we said, yeah, let's, we'll do it. Thinking that we would get parlayed into mm-hmm. prime time or something else. Yeah, and uh, a year later we all got canned, and everybody that went to Disney is still there. Yeah. <laughs> but you could not have seen that. No. I mean, there was no. When you think back, was there something that you go, you know what? There was a little clue there. There was a little something that when you you've that's been niggling away. I mean, you can't do anything about it now. But, but you know, I mean, I find it yeah, fascinating. It, that I think you know not to rub salt in a wound even though that is my job yeah, uh, yeah. in our friendship and <laughs> and that is that your assistant is now some massive big egg at disney right well i think he's he's you don't moved have to on. name names no i think i think i think that particular person uh, has moved on to other things bigger and better things if there is such bigger and better right. things than disney so i mean yeah he's still happily Man, yeah. he was your assistant he was, we, we used to share assistants back then, mm. and yeah, he... Sounds rude. Yeah, it does sound rude. But no, he was brilliant, mm. and you know, we're still friends, so that, that's mm. fantastic. But he's not in a position to help unless we're pitching a show. Right. And it seems to me that everything that you would pitch is already on the air or mm. has been pitched. But I'm, I, you know, having, this is. But I'm serious. You know, there's no ass kissing on this show, but on this, on this discuss, podcast, this podcast, there's no ass kissing because I think there is too much of that. And the thing is, is, is you want to get to the meat and potatoes of it. Why, you know, why don't people help? Why? I mean, at the end of the day, because I hear that and I think, why the fuck didn't he help you? He well, could have helped you, no. but no. I'll tell you what. Sorry, but I tell you what it is. I think is that there's these divisions. There's the the whole film industry is this hierarchical sort of construct and when somebody's got to that level to look back and help somebody else it's almost like a something they'll catch they'll catch that that kind of failure or unsuccess i, I don't think Do you so think i have a grim appraisal of it i think it is i just think that you know people assume that they are able to help anybody else that mm. used to be colleagues All right. get into that right. you still have to prove yourself at the interview stage no obviously but, um, is it, but at least give give an interview give give a, a, a step up um i think a lot of it has to do with that they are dictated to by their bosses right Levels and they and are and they are given a mandate of here's the shows we're doing that's going to be produced by such and such a company mm. so it's out of their hands mm. i mean it was similar with fox kids i mean we would either take on shows that are already in production mm. and they had their production company that was mm. making it or another outside company like nelvana would come and sell us a show and mm. then they do it in canada so there wasn't that much that, as a network executive, say for Fox Kids, I had any sway on who we hire and fire. We could do that to some degree with the writers that we mm. wanted to use. But it wasn't a case of, I want that producer and right. that thing. It was like, no, we've got to pull the producers that we use, and mm. that's who we're going to use. Okay. Um, so I think that's the same now. I think you're... Possibly. But it is interesting. I, I was quite chuffed with you when you came over here and I got you a gig <laughs> you on Within the Rock, uh, which was a low-budget science fiction, which, oddly enough about Within My Rock, now this does lead on to you, Within within the, My Rock, Within <laughs> The Rock, was that it predated the Michael Bay movie, yes, it did. which was called... <laughs> 
Armageddon. Armageddon, which is about sending miners basically up to an asteroid hurtling toward Earth and having to blow the thing up, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And and actually, I love that film. I think it's... Which uh, one? Armageddon or Within the Rock? Armageddon. Yeah. I, I, I think it's... <laughs> a difficult choice. No, I, I think it's one of Bay's really, you know, if, if he does any good films, this was one of them. This right. and The Rock, I think, was in his megalomaniacal, mental type of directing style. Mm. These two movies are my favourite. And with that one, whose title I've just forgotten again. Armageddon. Oh, <laughs> uh, what was it? The Rock or Armageddon? Armageddon, yeah. Right. So with that one, anyway, Gary Tonycliffe directed Within the Rock. Yeah. And his story predated these, oddly enough. And that was and kind of... And he wrote of, it as well. And he did write it. Yeah. So it was, it's, unfortunately, it was low budget. And, and this is another fascinating story of somebody who was 27. Mm. And you know, Gary's not here to speak for himself. And, and hopefully, maybe I can get him yeah. to come and talk to us. But, That'd be fantastic. But, um, you know, he's 27 years old and directing his first movie. And anyway, you came over from London. I your... just, just moved out, just yep. moved over. And you were working on that. And you said, hey, I can get you on this. It's unpaid, but do you want to do it? Is it was unpaid? Like, yeah. Oh. I was like, no. It was it, <laughs> over here in America, when you uh, when you work unpaid, it's because you're an intern, right? And uh, that's right. And so yeah, I was a, I brought on as a PA, and right. it was fantastic. It was really good. And from that, I met a whole bunch of people that I ended up working with hmm. for the following two years right. before becoming a network executive. And every gig they went on to, they brought me on. Right, so you see, that's it, isn't it? I mean, you, yeah. It was just—it's all about timing. Yeah. It's about you—you—you you, you got on this show. I mean, it could have ended. You could have been. Yeah. What am I going to do now? Yeah. But because you were on set yeah. and at a level, you know, with respectfully, you weren't the no. old codger that you no. are now, that we are now. <laughs> and so, and there is ageism. I mean, yeah. it's definitely ageism in this business or, sure. and, and in most businesses. Well, I, also, uh, I think part of it is, from my standpoint, I'm. A, an age where it's like, yeah, I could do PA work again, just to go, but not that I want to go backwards, mm. of course, but yeah, I could do it if somebody needed help. Yeah. But I don't want to. No, no, I don't blame you. I don't want to. I mean, yeah, I'd like to be working, but I don't, yeah, and I'll gladly help my friends out, but I certainly don't want to yeah. put myself forward as a PA. No, but none of, but none of this, it, it is, I always was amazed at that story. Yeah. I'm getting a bit dry. Have you got to put the kettle on? <sighs> I'm going to step away for the mic for a minute. Martin will talk some more. I brought with me some biscuits, as it happens. Now, these are, are all these are all the way from Blighty. Waitrose Essential. Uh, rich tea finger biscuits. Now, um, <laughs> when... <laughs> rich tea finger biscuits. I know, it sounds dreadful, doesn't it? I was on a show called Fastlane. And Fastlane... I remember that. Yeah. Now, that came out before The Fast and the Furious. Yes. And Fastlane was a show that was a million dollars an episode, mm. which is quite expensive back then in the night. Uh, was it early 2000s, uh, late 90s? No, early 2000s. Noughties, I believe they're called. Noughties. In, in Britain. And so I would entertain my fellow crewmates, because I was storyboarding by that time, and uh, by reading the packet of biscuits, they all found it quite amusing. Now, I was going to read this one, but I realised I actually cut off the most <laughs> interesting part, unfortunately. Typical. So, yeah. So we can read the ingredients. Fortified wheat flour, wheat flour, calcium carbonate, iron, niacin, thiamine, sugar, palm oil, barley. Palm oil, you see. All right, malt extract. A lot of people don't like palm oil. Oh. 
invert sugar syrup, salt, raising agents, sodium hydrogen carbonate, ammonium hydrogen carbonate. It sounds like a list for some sort of nuclear thriller, yeah, doesn't so, it? Yeah, so the, the bottom line is, what does it taste like? Well, they're very nice. <laughs> they go, you can, they're dunkable. And now dunking is an art that eludes our American cousins, unfortunately. But uh, these are, des they're fingers, you see, so you can dunk your finger in one's tea, as it were. And this apparently contains a percentage of your daily intake. But what's, what I find interesting is they put nutrition here. Now, in America, they do nutrition facts. Right. And I always find that interesting. Why in America do they say it as facts? Well, it's a fact. And, well, it isn't, though, is it? It's, well, no, it's, and also they put the calorific intake for yeah. what a portion is. I love these things where it says calories, 150 calories mm. per serving. And yeah. then you look down to see what the serving is, and it's like one. Oh, no, it's like... And it's like, wait, yeah. I, was, yeah. I just stuffed my face with it. Oh, no, it's like <laughs> half a cup full. And it's like, my God, I put on 2,000 pounds in one sitting. And the great thing about it is the packaging, if you do this near the microphone... Yeah, that's really irritating. Sounds like fire. Anyway. Very irritating. What are we having to drink? Are you going to make me a proper I'm, cup of I'm tea? I'm making you a proper cup of tea in a very special mug. Bill, oh, it's that one. <laughs> it's that one. Is that the C-U-N-T no, one? No, 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 no. No, it's the W-A-N-K-E-R one. In the wanker mode. Is that how you spell wanker? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I just want to know how strong you want it. I want it builder's strength. Builder's, all right. Now, well, what does that mean, James, builder's strength? Builder's strength means when you add the milk, mm. uh, you get a nice dark reddish colour for your tea. Dark red? Well, uh, no, it's... It's, 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 not, it's, it's not bloody the seventh sign. No, it's, it's a, a very dark amber kind of, um, you know, I'll, I'll show no, you. No, I think what you meant to say is... It's a nice, rich, tan colour. Fine. Basically, you can stand your spoon up in it. Well, not really. I think that's, yeah, that's that's what no, it should be. You see, the other mug, uh, Karen James bought me a really good tea mug. Right. That actually has the different colours of tea uh, on it, so you can just add milk to get the right colour. And this one, of course, has the British Empire runs on tea. And that's the thing, I think, that follows us around. I, I do worry that when people kind of meet myself and James, they, they think we're colonising bastards. But we're nothing to do with that, are we? I mean, um, I've, my family's only been in Britain for a couple of generations, so we're excused. I'm a dual national. I'm allowed to be here. That's right. Yes, you're dual national. I am what they call a, an alien. You're, yeah, you're, you're uh, a legal alien. I'm a, not illegal. No, I'm a legal. <laughs> <laughs> Behave. <laughs> I'm a legal alien. So, yes, as you're pouring the milk, is that proper milk? Yes, it is proper milk. I tell you, if you've ever been... Full, full fat milk. When, when I think of going back to Blighty and I think of a farm, lovely. Now, that is See? a cracking colour. Right. Now, well, what we're going to do, we're going to dip a nut. Do you want one of these fingers, James? No, thank you. Why? Because <laughs> there's, no, there's no chocolate on it. Oh, I know. You know what? It sucks because all the chocolate ones my wife gives away as bloody gifts. It's really annoying. I, I go into my special cupboard and I go, Where? Where's the chocolate digestive? You see, oh, I gave those away to so and so as a gift. Look, we've got a good pub down the street called the Robin Hood that has the Fryer Tuck Shop. Yeah, they're not cheap. No, they're not cheap, but at least you can get British Tucker in there. No. At a but, cost. but at a. And I am on. <laughs> on the dole mate I can't afford these import prices well then there's cost plus world market 
Well, they're even more expensive, aren't they? Yeah, but at least they do sell decent digestives. Right. Slightly cheaper than the British uh, shop. Oh, okay. What's your favourite? Hobnobs. Chocolate or plain? Chocolate. And mm. milk chocolate. None of that dark chocolate crap. It no, well, you, did you read about that dark chocolate? I sent you the link. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yes, Notice what? that Cadbury's was nowhere near that list of having cadmium and lead. No, because this is the, the weird thing. Now, before coming to America, I mean, it was all Hershey's, Hershey's. And then, in fact, my dad, as it was as a kid during the Second World War, said the GIs would, bring... would come past and they would they would just throw all these chocolate bars at the kids and right. bubble gum and, and, you know, Hershey. And, and, and so when I first came here and I tried this famous fabled Hershey bar and it was disgusting. Yeah. It's it was like wax. I figured it out. I actually looked it up. And the reason why Hershey's chocolate, and we're going to offend a, <clears throat> a lot of people with this. No, we're not. <laughs> is Hershey's chocolate is made with carnauba wax. Why would you put wax in chocolate? It's, it's disgusting. Cheap. It's because it's cheap. Yeah. Whereas British chocolate or lint or mm. um what's the other the, well, actually, the, Bel- the belgian chocolate is made with just yeah but one of the companies lint cocoa was on that list yes for their dark lint chocolate for dark chocolate yeah not not still for milk shocking chocolate. yeah still shocking as shocking as things are these days so we've had this sort of long-term sort of to and fro when friendship um that has developed and we've kind of ended up living next door to each other which which i thought was quite an interesting thing that we grew up in the same neighborhood and 35 years later we're 20 feet apart basically and, i can't um, i can't shake him no i can't shake him but you know <clears throat> as his landlord <laughs> <laughs> No, but it is a. That is funny, isn't it? I mean, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. It's it's quite tedious sometimes. <laughs> no, we'll definitely be kind now. No, no, we won't. No, it's 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 fun actually. We have. And our you're moments. not drinking tea. No, I had a nice cup of coffee this oh, morning, okay. and uh, I don't want to overdo it on mm. the caffeine. But so we've had this relationship, and we made our wives giggle and laugh For at these sure. antics. And so we decided to put them together. And as we travel through these podcasts, we'll be interviewing various notables. Yeah, no, I yeah. think I think it's going to be fun. Um, I hope we're not putting anybody to sleep. Well, this is part of our testing, testing. How to close this out? Because basically... I'm just going to hit stop. I, well, <laughs> you could do. That's true. I was going to suggest, you know, we're, here we are, 2023. Yeah. I've got maybe a sniff of a job, right? And that's not for long. And then, and the whole sort of ocean ahead of like, okay, what the fuck's going to happen? You know, kind of thing. Mm. Where do you find yourself? I've been out of that for so long that I find myself mm. wondering. Yeah, and I do apply for stuff. I just don't, just don't hear. That's, yeah. that's the thing I've noticed with mm. you know. I don't know if it's an ageism thing. Or no, whatever. I think it's employment now. But it's it's you you tough. you go onto their website, you apply for a job, and you don't hear a bean from them at all. And it's ghosting, isn't it? Uh, yeah, isn't it? it's ghosting. Got, you've got dating ghosting. Right. You've got un- you've got employment ghosting. Yeah. And it's yeah. been like that for a while. And so a couple of years back, I just decided, you know what, I have to make something. And yeah. I teamed up with a bunch of people, as you know, and we made a short film, and mm. it's been in four festivals now. Right. And um, yeah, we didn't win, but we were in four festivals. Mm. 
the thing we want to do now, we've got another script ready to go. We want to find some funding for that and hopefully dust off my old Jedi mind trick and get people to help us out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing is you, you had that. I and mean, we haven't talked about those videos and we're talking about another time when you basically went through a whole period of making music videos for your girlfriends. And the, the, the funny thing about that is, is that everybody helped you. It was like, this dude's making these videos to sing. And it's like, I love you. And I'm here on this music video with you starring in it and so on and so forth. And he managed to get all these people to do this stuff for him, myself included. I, I do believe to you. Act, you act were, like prats. You were and, the and, only person that could, could moonwalk. I was back then, um, <laughs> but I mean, I was young and fit, but um, it, it was fascinating to me. And I think it's quite an incredible story of how you just walked into a pub and you'd ask him. But anyway, it's another for another time, that, think, that, think... that whole Jedi mind trick that you did have. And that is an interesting thing about success and failure. I think the ability to get people to do things for you, mm. you know, to have that personality when you walk into a room and an interview and somebody's going to make a decision on you in right. literally what is it five seconds people yeah, make up their mind like i don't know and that's the whole thing about the interviews is i've been out of the game for so long right that i'm now second guessing my ability i know i can do it mm. and my friends know i can do it and mm. the stuff that we've edited and shot and whatever it's clear it's all there mm. but when i'm in a position in front of somebody being interviewed i just completely second-guess myself. And I I think I am my own worst enemy in that aspect. Well, I think that's what this would be good for. I think if we can pull you out of the murk of of that second-guessing... And I, I'm a bit more used to speaking, and I'll tell you why, because... You're an actor. Oh, I was a thespian in the olden days, and let me tell you about that in another episode. But I, I think it's very important uh, to... to uh, completely lost myself, and I was so carried away doing that voice... That's it. <laughs> We've lost all train of thought. But I, but I think, but I am used to speaking more because even in my job of doing storyboards, yeah. we have to pitch. Yeah, Storyboarding pitch. is not just sitting in a, people think you sit in a corner like a comic geek and draw pictures. Yeah. You're actually there doing script and pitching scenes. Yeah. So you have to step up in front of these people and pitch a scene. Uh, uh, working on 300, the sequel, which I, I honestly was a dreadful film. I hate to say it, probably never work again, but oh well. But the director was a lovely bloke. I, I really liked him. Why did I like him? Because he gave me a bit of praise. And he, his, the praise he said to me was like, you're a good storyteller. Wasn't you a good drawer, good artist, good storyteller? And that's what storyboarding is. Right. But it is about communicating. So I'm more used to it, I think, sure. than you are. You know, and hopefully, hey, maybe this podcast is about just, as I say, dragging you out of the, the bushes. Well, I don't want to be all about that. No, it's not about We've got to have it's, a it's grumble. Well, you have a grumble, and a grumbling is a very important part about <laughs> it's, it's the meat and bones of our existence. Yeah. Now, I do have these struggles with her indoors, the wife, because she takes it too seriously sometimes. And I think that's another podcast about communication with partners, certainly if you're from different cultures and different countries. It's fascinating. Mm. It really is. Yeah, and I I have witnessed some of that. (laughs) As been party to it myself. Well, 20 feet away, it's hard not to, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But all right, uh, right, well, look, let's... uh, I'll see you next week. Yeah, let's wrap this up. Bring some better biscuits. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Are you going to eat them or not? Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll record it in the afternoon next next week. We'll have afternoon tea. Lovely. 
All right. Well, actually, you know, I'm going to get on to proper cream teas because the ones here are just dreadful. And we'll talk about that next time. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. Yeah.